0: What's up, friends? It's Haley, a.k.a. Bird. And Randy. And you're tuning in to the Give em the Bird podcast.
1: This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit.
0: It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way.
1: Thanks for tuning in.
0: Now, let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of GTB. We've got a solo episode today. So Randy and I, Haley, that's me, um, we're going to be talking about some of our like top diet culture or like fitness culture or just like even just like health and wellness culture, pet peeves. <laughs> um And this is one of those things I know Brandy and I were just talking before we hit record, like this was like hard to think of, but I feel like whenever I see it, like if ever I'm scrolling and I see it, I'm like, oh my God, this is so annoying. (laughs) Like in the moment, it annoys me, but um, it's hard to think of them after the fact, which I guess is maybe good. That means we're not like ruminating on our hatred for diet culture, which is very true. That's positive. Yeah. Um, So I... I'll kick us off with my first one because i feel like this is definitely one that um you and i can agree on non-qualified professionals giving nutrition advice um mm. yes girl yeah <laughs> and this one is i think this one is like hard again i like always you know preface it with like some self-compassion and um kindness that by no way shape or form is this to, to bash on anyone at all, but I think it this one can be difficult because there are so many like certifications out there related to nutrition. Um Like even I think I have I have a certification through ace fitness for it's like. Uh, like a fitness nutrition certificate Um but they're they're really clear about like what is practicing within my scope and what's not um but it. I think it can be tricky for folks who have other, you know, certifications that like, should I be saying this? Should I not? But in general, I feel like there are so many wellness influencers who maybe have like no credentials at all mm-hmm. sharing just like, a lot of times outrageous nutrition infor- information and like selling programs and offering like consulting. And I'm like, th- you what? Like how? How? Like you're making so much money off of this and like I don't even feel I get scared to talk about supplements with people. <laughs> like it's right.
1: Um, right. Yeah. And the average person, like the average person probably doesn't know, you know, maybe even that there are certifications available, let alone like what there which ones they would maybe benefit most from you know having a, a coach or trainer with a certain certification um and I'm sure there's certifications out there that are kind of bogus too you know like oh, just so not accredited or whatever so mm-hmm. how's a person to know and then the internet just opens up these doors to anybody to just really give whatever or
0: sell whatever information they want so yeah and I think that was the source of a lot of, um, I think in the past several years, there was like a lot of controversy around different like fitness coaches who were selling like 12, 1200 calorie meal plans. I don't remember the names of them because I wasn't like following it, following them when they blew up or whatever. But yeah, there was one fitness coach in particular. I want to say it was like Brittany something. I might totally be making that up. But all, like, all of a sudden it just erupted that she was Basically, again, selling these like 1200 calorie meal plans, very generic, but telling people that like they were going to help with specific things. Um, and I'm just like, that is just like disordered eating in a PDF. Right. Like that's so scary to me. So um, yeah, definitely people that aren't credentialed, properly credentialed, or like have any sort of credentialing giving nutrition advice and a, a tip for listeners. I would say the big thing to look at again, not that you necessarily have to be a registered dietitian. Again, there can be, um, like precision nutrition, they have really good certification. So if somebody is like a precision, precision nutrition coach, or like PN one, I think that's typically how they would show it there. That's like a pretty decent certification. And I trust that, um, and i checked with the dietitian i work with and she's said like that's a pretty good certification but the the gold the golden nugget of nutrition info a registered and licensed dietitian <laughs> that is at least in the US i don't know how it how that process works in other countries but in the US that's that's really what you should look for and if you're wanting to practice like specifically intuitive eating or like a non-diet or weight neutral approach you can look for like a non-diet registered dietitian um and if you are someone who finds yourself selling meal plans or just talking about nutrition just be careful <laughs> you know it's it's not that you don't know what you're doing necessarily you could be great you know um but it's also like then just get maybe get it get a certification or go through that credentialing process because um it's it's just going to help you out in the long run so that is my top top pet peeve Yep, And I would say
1: even sharing where like the source of your information mm-hmm. is helpful for people. Not that everybody, not that the average person may go look at that, but I think it's helpful because um, I'm the type of person that's like, well, where is that information coming from? I want to see, maybe that's my healthcare background, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's helpful too and just gives you a little more credibility. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, my biggest pet peeve was something that I ran across recently, and we, in a previous episode, talked about intuitive eating a little bit, and I came across a headline in a pretty pretty big news source. I can't remember what it was, if it was like the New York Times or ABC News or or what, but it was a pretty big uh, news outlet, and the headline was intuitive eating, and I was like, yay, intuitive eating in the news, and then it went on to say, may help people lose weight. And I was like, oh, oh. Yes. It's just like totally going against the purpose of intuitive eating. So taking things like that and just twisting them and putting them right back into diet culture, like that just makes me so mad because for a lot of people, that's how they're going to be exposed to intuitive eating for the first time is when it comes into, you know, a major news outlet like that. And they maybe have not heard of it before. And then their first exposure is something just totally opposite of what the point is in the first place.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. It's funny. I didn't have this on my list, but I, I mean, I had like a misconceptions about intuitive eating, but I didn't even think about the promotion of intuitive eating for weight loss, but you are right. That might be, that might like top it all. Um, and I think that like, when we look at marketing in general, people who, have been selling weight loss and fat loss and all of these things intuitive eating is now trendy right like it's it's gaining popularity and with it comes the shape-shifting and like the co-opting of it to fit the needs of people who are, are wanting to use it to, to make more money right and it's like smart marketing on your part but that's really inaccurate and I remember like the first so when it comes to um Like getting certified as an intuitive eating counselor they are one of the first things you learn is like disconnect the two intuitive eating and weight loss like should never be used together um and i think they also might have like we have to sign an agreement that says we will not off like talk about offering weight loss with intuitive eating. I'm pretty sure I might have, I might be exaggerating that, but I remember feeling that way. Like, okay, no sort of intuitive, no, like weight loss talk. And it makes sense, right? It's like how intuitive eating is to help you reconnect with your body and prevent or work through like disordered eating and everything. And it's like, weight loss cannot be in the same sentence as that (laughs) unless it's like Ditch the idea of weight loss and practice intuitive eating (laughs) like it ain't gonna work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a big one. That is a big one. Some other misconceptions that I was just like common misconceptions about intuitive eating. Um, not as common as a weight loss one, but that it's just like the hunger fullness diet. Like it's just about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And there's so much more to intuitive eating. I mean, Again, when we talked about intuitive eating in a previous episode, we kind of talked about that. Um, Or uh, what was another one? Oh, like it's just about eating whatever you want, whenever you want. Again, it just like really melts it down to these, just one or two or three of the 10 different principles of intuitive eating. And um, I think that the misconceptions about it like you said, it can, it can, it spreads misinformation and it gives people the wrong idea, especially when people are using the misconceptions as criticism for intuitive eating too. Like, I think it can turn people away from it. Um, and again, to combat that, I just say, pick up the book. The book is a great resource, (laughs) you know, like there is a lot that goes into intuitive eating, but I think the best place to start is by, you know, reading the book. So that's, that's something that can help you like work through those common misconceptions, I think. Absolutely. I need to get back to reading the book. I started it, but I haven't finished it. So it's, it's probably funny. a good time to
1: just like circle back and refresh. And
0: mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I refer back to it a lot. Like I I catch myself because there's just a lot of studies that it, that it lists in there. Um, and just even they don't go into full details about certain things, but at least mentioning certain things. Like I remember... I created a post the other day, I haven't shared it, but I created a post about like how intuitive eating addresses this idea of hunger silence. And it was kind of in response to this post on social media that was going around like the holistic health and wellness space about like what intuitive eating gets wrong about hunger. And basically saying that like some people don't get hunger signals. And I'm like, intuitive eating does address that. Like that's a huge portion of it. Um, Yeah. And so yeah but it's not again as widely talked about as eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full so i think those misconceptions can really i don't know they can contribute to just the false information or misinformation that's out there about intuitive eating and which can really turn people off and it can make intuitive eating this really divisive thing or like really dogmatic and it doesn't you know it doesn't need to be that way so but yes the weight loss you were so right Oh, that's a huge, huge, huge one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Another one I have um, is just language in particular. I think a lot of times related to fitness. Um, So what's the point of showing up if you're not going to give 100%? Or,
1: oh oh my God, I
0: think it's that one in particular. (laughs) Like No excuses. Yes. Um, Like, no one cares, you know, just work harder or whatever, whatever it might be, like, all of these things that totally, like, and I think, I think, if you're not going to give 100%, you're wasting my time. Yeah. (laughs) That makes me want to cry. Like, I cannot, I cannot imagine being in a class and having a coach say that I would be like, I better go then because (laughs) there's... (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a hundred percent to give most days. Um, but I, I think obviously for so many reasons and for listeners, they'll be able to identify why those things are harmful, but like a lot of times they associate, you know, food and fitness together, like use it to burn off your calories or, um, burn off your calories now. So you can eat all the cookies later on, things like that. Like puke. I absolutely hate that. Um, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of like, don't waste my time if you're not going to give a hundred percent or whatever it might be. It's like, but what about other, all the other reasons that we work out? Like I, like the other day when you and I were working out together, I was maybe giving 30%, but I was enjoying the hell out of it because I was just like talking to you while we were working out. Like, (laughs) I know it was so fun.
1: Also, like it leaves no room for being a human and having a bad day or, you know, having a day when you can only give 30% because of X, Y, and Z. Like we're not robots that are made to show up at the gym and work out or, um, you know, eat perfectly all the time. Like we have (laughs) lives
0: yeah and it almost like exactly (laughs) what you said it totally just dismisses the human experience like and i think another reason why it why it bothers me so much is because i what i go to work like the reason why i love fitness so much has nothing to do with any of that like has nothing to do with physique or aesthetics or calorie burning like it's a huge, it's mental, it's, it helps my mental health so much. Right. Um, and I think about just connection in general, like, oh my gosh, when, if there's ever a trainer who is saying like, you know, don't waste my time here. It's like, you are literally ruining the huge community building aspect of fitness and movement. Like, oh, and just feeling good. (laughs) Like it totally totally takes away those, those feel good things. So yeah, I think just almost like language in general around fitness and food obviously is like really big. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another big diet culture or like fitnessy thing that, that drives me bonkers. A big pet peeve of mine.
1: Yep. I also really dislike, um, anything, any claims that something can happen in a short amount of time. Yes. never happens in a short amount of time. It's usually up and down and sideways and backwards. And then, you know, before you get to whatever your destination is, whether that's, you know, weight loss for you or muscle building or whatever, but like nothing happens in two weeks. Like you don't have two week abs or two week biceps. Like, yes, sorry.
0: <laughs> that is a good one. And that's like such a, such a, um, a good thing to like, to think about to discern if this is like diet culture or not like are they making like these really even like drastic claims i feel like like yeah short amount of time to get these results or even like eat this one thing and your life (laughs) will be changed or like seed oils are ruining your hair growth like all you know like that makes you think of all of those Instagram reels of like people in the grocery store, they like pick out, you know, cereal from, from the shelf. And they're like, this has malodextrose, blah, 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 blah. And that (laughs) is like, that is ruining your hormones. And it's like, well, shit, you know, that's, you also have that in carrots. So does that mean I shouldn't eat, you know, like, or whatever? I have no idea. Yeah. So any like drastic claims, that is a big, Yes. This big red flag for diet it always reminds me
1: of like going through elementary school when you're learning how to like take tests and they say you know when it comes to like a multiple choice or true false or whatever like you want to avoid the answers like the the wrong answers are usually the ones that say never or always oh. you know and so like when you're looking at claims on things like that like if it's a hundred percent or always or never
0: it's Probably too good to be true and probably not accurate. Ooh, I love that. I never thought about that before. Maybe they didn't tell me that. And that explains why I didn't do the best in school. (laughs) I was like, always, that sounds like 100% to me. We're going to go with that. (laughs) That's definitely the right answer. Yeah, that is. And that kind of comes back to that like language piece of it too, of like, how are we trying to sell something? Because any sort of drastic claims, and I think it's, it's so funny when, um, you know, like qualified professionals. I love it when they do like a ask me anything, you know, if they're like a dietitian or whatever it is, or, you know, like a really qualified strength and conditioning coach or whatever. And, um, they'll get asked the question of like, um, maybe I have this pain in this place, what could it be? Or, um, I, even if I want to lose 10 pounds, what would you suggest? Like all of these things. And I love the response of it depends. Like, I think it depends yeah. is if, if you hear someone like a, a professional um, in health and fitness on social media using the words, it depends, um, unless they're, <laughs> I literally have a box of diapers over here. So I literally was like, depends diaper, like that made me think of it. <laughs> they're not depends, they're they're baby diapers, but you <laughs> like I think any professional that says the words like, it depends, or I can't give you a... 100% answer for that. I'm just like, Oh, you melt my heart. Like trust that right. person, which feels people like, hate that people yes. want, but that is who they, who they should probably yeah. trust and go. With. <laughs> yeah. Like it feels, it feels counterintuitive. Like this person doesn't know for sure. Like I should go with a person that says, you know, I 100% need to be doing this in the gym to get these results. It's like, No, it sounds, it's very counterintuitive, but that's not, that's not the person you want to follow. I remember Danielle, when we
1: were talking to her about diabetes and stuff, she gave us that exact, like, I know I'm not giving you a
0: concrete answer, but it truly depends. And we're like, yay. (laughs) Like, we love that. And (laughs) and that comes back to like this gray area, which we always talk about. Like, it depends. Like people, I know for some people um, with intuitive eating, people ask me, like, how long should I expect it to take before I heal my relationship with food? I'm like, oh God. oh honey, it depends <laughs> or like <Yeah. laughs> how long will it take me to work through my rules around exercise? It really depends. you know like there's just like you said before, we are not robots. there's no cookie cutter. That, that those approaches just they're not going to work so another thing you can look out for if it comes to should I really take this person's advice or not is if they are using all or nothing kind of language the always mm-hmm. the nevers the mm-hmm. you have to do I always go to like my bro voice like you gotta do this <laughs> I love your bro voice <laughs> <laughs> to get your shredded abs you gotta do this like all of those things yeah. <laughs> what other pet peeves are you are coming up that you can think of that one was that was a good one there are so many but yeah when you have to like think about it on the spot i'm like oh gosh i was thinking of um and again there's like nothing inherently wrong with this at all and i think it has a time and a place but people who are constantly like a healthy swap for this food and that food I'm just kind of like, can I just eat the Oreo? Like, can I, you know, can we just have the Oreo? Again, nothing inherently wrong. And I think that that's kind of part of once we get to that, like, gentle nutrition principle of intuitive eating, the final principle, it's like, there might be foods that it's like, I don't taste a difference. And if I can have, like, you know, a few more nutrients, why the heck not? And it's convenient to eat this healthy swap food. But when it's, I mean, there's literally just pages associated with like eat this not that or like healthy swaps it's like I just had to
1: pull up um an Instagram profile that I thought of while you were saying that and you I think you follow her too no food rules oh yeah 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 cause she always does like reels on that where she's like, she's always the character, all the characters, but she, she's, you know, eating Oreos or something. And her, you know, diet culture friend is like, you should try, you know, black bean Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, maybe I can just like eat the Oreo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that might be a good food, but it's definitely, it's not an, newsflash, it's not an Oreo. <laughs> yeah, that's not an Oreo.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I love her page. She, like, she cracks me up and she's so, she's so dramatic. The ones where she, like, will have chocolate all over her face after, like, <laughs> signifying a binge. And it's just, like, I don't know. She goes all in, all in yeah. for sure. I love that. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, one thing that's coming up for me is this, like, um, obsession with chemicals like in in toxins. Yes. Those those damn toxins. I just breathe them in all day, but how do I get them out of my coffee or like, like, right. Yeah. And I follow, um, so Christy Harrison, uh, she is a registered dietitian. She's has like one of the leading anti-diet podcast food psych. I have I get her um her newsletters and I don't always read them but sometimes just like seeing the headings you know I'll I'll either tune into it or not and one that she recently had was what did she call it um I think it's kind of like health anxiety and and that's absolutely a thing but just mm-hmm. this idea that we can rid all of the toxins from our life and yeah. I am all for like, yeah, taking out some of that stuff if, and when you can, like, you know, Mm I, I think like, you know, if your beauty products or whatever it might be, um, but this, this thought that we can totally remove toxins from our life, that's not going to happen. Like there are, there's toxins everywhere. Um, just because
1: something has a chemical name does not make it a toxin. Yes. No, I think that's a huge misconception. And then One of the claims that drives me absolutely bonkers is, um, I don't know what number they use, but let's say it's five, like it takes five seconds for toxins to absorb in your skin. As a pharmacist, I can tell you that there are a bajillion factors that affect if and how long it takes something to absorb into your skin, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just. I mean, I'm all for people trying to live a healthier lifestyle, whatever that means for them. But it's just the misinformation and again, the language that draws people in and makes them think it makes them scared. And so making people scared makes them want to do change something or do something. And, you know, it's just not always true.
0: Yeah. That's like those scare tactics. And I think scare tactics are are huge in diet culture too um and again they're used in like literally every i'm sure people like with even in intuitive eating i think we kind of scare people into following intuitive eating sometimes by saying like you know you're gonna gain more weight if you diet. Thing, you know that could be considered a scare tactic but yeah i think those scare tactics are huge in diet culture and especially when it comes to like the chemical I don't even, there's there's a word for it, but it's like this like obsession with chemicals. And I think about like the like the different dyes that are in things and stuff like that. Yep. But I, I really like what you mentioned about just, oh yeah, like the whole idea of if you can't pronounce it on the ingredient label, you shouldn't eat it. Right. But it's like everything has like a, I don't know what it is. I think about like, you know dogs aren't actually dogs like they have like a, a proper term and whatever yeah yeah like a species something or other yeah and um so I think one of those things that that's really important to know and there's um there's a page called food science babe I think um she's a food scientist and again I'm sure some of the things she posts like may not be the most accurate or they could be controversial or maybe they're a little bit like demeaning to folks who do want to live like a, um, a, you know, a toxic free life or whatever it might be. But she points out a lot of times on her page that like this name that they used on this label is actually just walnuts, <laughs> but they don't say walnuts. <laughs> it's like, you know, like sapphires. Diaphragmatic, yeah. like, <laughs> like right,
1: or it is truly a chemical name, and people are scared of it. But newsflash, it floats around in your body all the time. Like yes. it, it you know there's just things that you just aren't aware of, and and it's not that these products or whatever are bad, or no. the people selling them are bad, but it's just like take a second to think about it before you get triggered by this scare tactic which is basically just trying to get you to buy something generally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like is the fear of this impacting my life and cuz I agree like make those decisions about like I know Tyler and I try to do things that are a little bit more like sustainable and um you know like again for me it's some of the products that I use like for my perfect um hair um I have like a very non chemically you know there's obviously tons of you know like you get absolutely do your thing right and it's like am i is this a source of anxiety for me that like it is causing distress and um yeah almost like is this serving me or is it is this causing me stress or is it de-stressing me um so yeah that's again a gray area thing kind of pick and choose what makes sense for you Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for some people like going totally toxin free, whatever that is, is
1: easy for them. And it's not stressful yeah. for me. that way, I, I couldn't do it. I right. couldn't do it. I didn't use natural deodorant because I found one I liked and it's easy and I can buy it at Target. But, you know, if it's any harder than that, I'm probably not going to do it.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I tried natural deodorant and I, I couldn't get through that like
1: the initial period. Yeah.
0: I, couldn't. I, I think I, I probably need to try it again. Um, but I'm a degree gal. But yeah, I have like, I think, I think both of my sisters or maybe not Jessica, but I know Leslie uses like a a natural one. There's a lot of people that do. Um, But yeah, I think it's, you know, finding what works for you and making your own decisions about it, but also recognizing that like, we can't avoid all of that stuff altogether. Um, And that it's just part of life, you know? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think, um, I'm just thinking back to like what
1: we talked about in a previous episode about your environment and how that affects you like just kind of taking stock of when you are triggered by something in diet culture like that you see on your social media or whatever like considering not following them if you find that it stresses you out or
0: triggers you mm, that's a good that's a good tip yeah i agree yeah along with you know making sure you're following like registered dietitians and the people that you're following are like credentialed or maybe they're, they're not credentialed, but like you, you feel good as a result of of following them. So yeah, I know social media is just like a, it's funny that when I thought about like diet culture, things that bother me, I found myself, um, just going to like the reels, like the explore reels page, just scrolling through and seeing like, what, what irked me a little bit, like what? Yeah. And so it, it turns into it being, These are my diet culture pet peeves, but I have way more just Instagram and social media pet peeves in general. So (laughs) yeah, that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we want to hear what your diet culture or maybe like toxic fitness culture, um, health trend, whatever. What are your pet peeves or what are some things that are like bugging you? And again, a huge, massive exclamation point that absolutely not to bash on people who use any of these things or do any of these things, but just, it's more so the, the marketing around them. I think that is the big, yeah, for sure. The big cringe. So, all right, well, let us know what your biggest diet culture pet peeves are. Again, you can find us on Instagram at give them the bird podcast, or you can shoot us an email at give them the bird podcast at gmail.com. We will see you back in another week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them a the bird. Thanks for tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, head on over to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate, review and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Give them the Bird podcast to stay up to date with all things GTV. We'll see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.